Welcome, bride chillas and groom chillas. Groom chillas, Alicia. Let's uh, let's workshop that. You're listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one wedding podcast hosted by author, comedian, and wedding advice giverer Alicia McCormick. That's me, and it is the first episode, the Q and A episode of 2016. Wherever you're listening from, when you're listening to this, I don't know, but Happy New Year! If you're listening to this in June, well, I hope the year's going well for you. There it is. So excited to be with you today. I'm actually broadcasting, recording from my in-laws house in Hobart, Tasmania. There it is. I am looking at cows right now. Very different from my little London home studio that I set up, and uh, it's sort of nice to be back at home. Does my accent sound stronger? Everyone's saying we don't have accents. We have not picked up any UK、uh, twangs. It's not really a twang. Any rounding of vowels, we've been told. So we're delighted because you know you can't take the Australian out of the Australian. Very rarely.、Uh, look, I just wanted to start this episode. As well as getting to your many Q and A questions that I have up my little sleeve, but I wrote an article recently for About dot com, and it's all about what to do when you first get engaged. And I just thought I'd, I could share a couple of these tips with you, whether you are newly engaged or you've been engaged for yonks, yonks and yonks and yonks. I thought this might just be a nice little moment. To take a pause and think about where you're at in your wedding planning and your relationship, and also where you're at with, you know, trying to skip ahead six months. Because I think at the beginning of the year, I'm not really in for setting up, well, I don't know, resolutions and stuff. I just try and go. I'm going to be healthy this year, as I always am. I'm trying to be less stressed and worried. But really, that's what I try and do every year. So it's nothing new. I'm not doing anything drastic. Again, saying that I am not against people going. I'm going to get fit, or I'm going to lose some weight, or I'm going to be a better person. I'm not going to be an asshole. Whatever. Congratulations if you are endeavouring to do any of those things. But also, a lot of people get engaged over the Christmas New Year period, and it's the first tendency. And I know if you're listening to this and you've already been through this, I'm sure you are nodding and agreeing. Hopefully, that you sort of want to jump into it and get planning, and it's really exciting. And you might go and buy. A wedding magazine or download a wedding podcast. Welcome, but、uh, it's sometimes nice to just actually enjoy that sort of first moment of getting engaged and going. All right, we're going to do this. We are making this commitment together. So, what is really nice about it is to be able to just chillax, to not feel rushed in doing anything, to not be going and buying big folders. And creating, you know, or adding—I say creating—but we all know we've most of us had Pinterest boards already, you know, doing all that sort of stuff, and just to take a moment to be in the moment and have a good time, bask in it. There is there is something really special and wonderful about enjoying the moment, and I don't think we do that often enough. And then we think back and go, "Oh God, that was great!" But gee, was I there? Was I actually present? So I'm talking about、uh, really taking it all in, because how often do you get engaged? I mean, if you're Kim Kardashian, probably more. Elizabeth Taylor got used to it, perhaps, but the regular Jane and Jerry and John probably don't do it as much. So, I think if you were surprised by the proposal, maybe you proposed to each other, maybe you knew it was coming, whatever, whatever the situation. I think it's good to just be able to look at your other person and say, you know, let's celebrate this, let's enjoy it before we move on to the next stage. We're always in a hurry. And I think, especially sitting looking at the cows now on the farm, and、uh, 
reintroducing myself to the sun, having been in the Northern Hemisphere for two years, it really made me sort of do a bit of that, do a bit of taking it all in, do a bit of that. And I think go and buy the magazines, again, listen to the podcasts, but don't be in a hurry. Things will be there next week. Have the champagne, eat some cake, and really enjoy the attention. And after that, this I, this is all, I promise this has purpose. So I wrote this article for about.com. I really wanted to be able to communicate this sort of, um, this vibe of saying, look, here's what, here's what I would do. If I was to get engaged again tomorrow, this is what I would suggest with my experience of having been engaged, gotten married, and now hosting a wedding podcast. The next thing I would say, and uh, I wrote about in my article was being honest with yourself and your partner before you do anything before you put any money down, before you make any plans, before you're writing lists, just sit down and don't do this now. Well, maybe do. Do it when you want it, when you feel comfortable and have a chat about what your expectations are for the big day. Because you'd be surprised about how many emails I receive for Q&A Thursdays where people are saying, I didn't really realize my partner had no idea I like big band music. And I really want a big band and he fucking hates it. And to say, well, if you at the beginning, now, of course, you can't tell everyone every details of your great desires and wants in one session. But if you are clear with each other and sort of say, look, here's, here's my vision of a wedding that we are going to have together. How does it mold or meld with your vision? I think you'd be totally surprised as to how many couples have completely different ideas about what a wedding and even marriage means to them. So I'm not going to get too heavy because I've just told you not to do too much stuff. But one thing I would say, and one thing I suggest is thinking about, you know, what a successful partnership is for you, what a successful marriage is for you. And then you can start together planning on the same path. Because it's really hard to plan two different weddings and it doesn't work out unless you've got a lot of money and you want to do it twice. It doesn't work. Well, maybe it does if you've got the cash and the bother, but who can be bothered organizing two weddings? I think most of us right now would be going, forget it. There's no way. So I think it's a matter of placing your expectations on the table and saying, look, I might want a big wedding. You might want a small wedding. I don't want all your second cousins there. Or perhaps I have, I love my second cousins. I'd like them all there more than our friends. If you are out there having this open discussion on a very early sort of playing field here, you're putting it out there, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. The other thing is for me to suggest to you that you talk about money because your dream wedding may be very different to your partner's dream wedding and your dream wedding budget may also be very different. So if you talk turkey early on, makes a hell of a difference. And it really will stop some some uh, snitching and arguments when it's not necessary. The thing is about weddings and marriage, you know, when we're talking about it, it's a great party. But also, with any luck, it's a love merger. You know, like it's a team maker. We're building a team together. You're getting hitched. You're saying, we're going to create this union. Well, we've already got the union created. But you're going to do this officially, maybe have some kids, bring your families together, whatevs. It's a way to actually say... A marriage is an introduction to a long and happy life together, we hope. No pressure. No pressure at all. So, look, that's my suggestion to you if you're newly engaged or whether you're not newly engaged and you're just going, actually, I need to just simmer the fuck down a little bit and rethink what we're doing here. Maybe now is a good time of year to actually sort of take hold of those ideas, sit down and have that convo and really figure out what you want. That's my advice to you, my lovely people, as I'm looking at the cows mooing. 
taking in all the fresh air, getting a clear mind, trying to, uh, look, spend some time with the in-laws, but also come along to a quiet room and talk to you. It's really exciting. It is. If you are new to the show, uh, look, it's very exciting to have you here. Thank you so much for joining. Maybe a friend suggested that you listen. Maybe you just found me on the iTunes or the Stitcher or wherever you find podcasts. I'm really happy to be sharing this with you. Just remember, if you're new to the show or even old to the show, I've done, this is episode 124. You can go back and listen to every episode again and again and again. There is no restriction. It's all free. All I ask you to do is if you have some time to do some ratings and reviewing on iTunes, I find that it's like a little gift. It's a New Year's gift from you to me uh, to help share the, the show with other people. Really good. So if you are new to the show, Monday's episodes are themed episodes. I do interviews usually. Gosh, I've got some crackerjack episodes coming up. Oh my golly. I have actually, I don't want to boast. I don't want to get on myself here, guys. But when I first started this podcast, I had a list of wedding blogs and bloggers and writers that I thought would be pretty good to have on the show. But because little old Alicia, no one knew who the hell I was and what I was doing, I sort of sent some preliminary emails and a lot of people just ignored me. No disrespect, I'd probably ignore me too. But now a year on, people are going, yeah, all right, I'll give it a bash, I'll come on. So bizarrely, but also wonderfully, January and February, I have some of the most kick-ass uh, wedding pros, wedding bloggers on the show I could have ever dreamed of. So I am delighted to be bringing those episodes to you in the next couple of weeks. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Again, free, absolutely free. My gift to you, this content. Also, I'm really happy to be bringing you some interviews with uh, Rich, my husband's back on the show, reluctantly, but because he, we're on the farm, he's out. Did you hear the cow? No, uh, he's out uh, doing work on the farm with his dad. But now, because he's not at actual work, I can grab him and say, listen, come on the podcast, please. Also, my beautiful friend, Daniel Burt, uh, later in, I think, early February, he's going to come on the show, recorded that episode recently. Um, he was my best man, and he's been a best man at a few weddings. He's a comedian. He's a writer. He used to write for Letterman and, uh, look, has done some amazing things. But he's coming on talking a little bit about the roles and responsibilities of the bridal party, especially best man and maid of honours. And it's really interesting because I think listening to a man's perspective of the role of the best man and groomsman really changed my idea too, because I just sort of said, just do it. Please be this, this person. And he took it really seriously, of course. And I, not to say I didn't get that he took the role of being my best man seriously, but talking to him and listening to his thought process made me, well, chuffed to have him as a friend, but also just really about the responsibility of that role and who you're asking. And this comes from not just me being a bride asking someone to be my best man or maid of honour. It's also about the groom. So I think it's a really versatile episode for you to listen to with your partner and uh, to connect with this idea that you don't have to do these stripper nights and all this shit if you don't want to. No pressure. All right, to the questions. What I love about producing the show is when you sort of come up with themes and topics and then you think this might be a good idea and then I get this great feedback from you saying, thanks, that's exactly what I wanted to listen to. And, you know, I, I'm not saying I hit goals. Hit goals? That's a really bad spurts, spurts, oh God, sports term there. I hit goals, not even a real thing. It's when, you know, you go, this worked really well. And one episode recently was with Melissa. 
She is a bride chiller. She's just gotten hitched. She was one of my original listeners and original emailers asking me for help. And that's sort of when I started Q&A Thursdays because I got her amazing email and she said, please help me. And I read it out. And uh, again, from feedback, people went, I like this. Please do more Q&A episodes. Here's some questions. So it's just funny how these things happen. And the feedback, if you uh, haven't heard the episode, Melissa had a beautiful wedding with her partner, Brandon, but she also was really candid. She came on and talked about some of the highs and lows of wedding planning especially surrounding, uh, you know, things that you can't control, things that are out of your control when it comes to planning an event such as a wedding. So which comes to money, it comes to families being crazy, it comes to dealing with depression. Melissa's been going through some depression in the last year or so, and it is challenging when it comes to anxiety and depression and also dealing with people that don't get it and having to explain when people go, just be happy, and you go, listen, that's not going to fix me. I'm going to need you to understand my personal perspective a little bit more. So it's nice to have someone on that was so open. So I just wanted to share a couple of emails from you guys uh, and ladies about your feedback about that episode, because it really meant a lot to me that it worked so well and you loved it. So Sarah, uh, she sent me a lovely email and she says, I wanted to say thank you for the recent episode with Melissa. I have really bad social anxiety and have overcome a lot of it since it started three years ago. I'm marrying into a huge Irish Catholic family and I come from a huge Irish Catholic family too. And all the eyes are on me and it terrifies me. My wedding is basically completely planned out with a few things that need to be done, even though we aren't getting married until the end of May 2016. Gee, that will come quickly. Let me tell you, Sarah. This is thanks to my fiancé, and I have a super organized uh, personality along with Brian knowing that until it's planned, I would be having mini anxiety attacks. I love that. So he's recognized you going, listen, I'm going to need this done, and then I will chill out a little bit more. That's the mark of a great partner. I saw therapists for it and finally talked to my mum and uh, all but said, <laughs> get the fuck off my back, get the fuck off my back, because she was using negative words when it came to planning. Oh, we checked the test, we checked the tasting off the list. Now we have to worry about invitations. No, mum, we don't need to worry about invitations. We have to check them off, but we don't need to worry. A lot of my anxiety stem from the idea of so many people coming to the wedding, not from actually getting married. I actually suggested eloping a few times. Good. I mean, that's not for everyone, but it's nice that you considered it. If you haven't, if you're suggesting that you might want to elope, go back and listen to, I've got a couple of episodes. It's all about that. Shouldn't plug in the middle of someone's message. That's rude. Right. She says, uh, it's so nice to hear another bride share her story and frustration with how people react when they see you are anxious or depressed. And assume it's because you don't want to get married. No way. I can't wait to get married and have a slumber party with my husband every night. Oh my gosh, you're adorable. I'm literally so excited about sharing the Sunday paper over coffee before we go to church and then having brunch after service. Yes, I have planned out our future Sunday mornings. Thank you again for your amazing podcast. I've taken a brief hiatus from listening, catching up now on a few episodes because the Harry Potter books came out on Audible. And well, it's nothing personal. I haven't answered phone calls because it interrupts the story, but I realized today that I missed my other bridesmaid across the pond, and boy, did you give great advice. Thank you. Okay, firstly, thank you, and also, I don't expect you all to listen to me every day. I mean, 
you know, Rich does because that's that's who we married. But seriously, I'm appreciative that you are into hearing me at all. So thank you. And Harry Potter is important. Get to it. Sarah mentioned so many great things in this email. And this is why I love you all, because you are open and honest, just like Melissa was. And I truly think a year down the track of doing this podcast, this is what makes it work, that you offer me, you you know, allow me to enter your world and share this with other listeners, because I know it makes a difference. One thing that you really said, Sarah, is the idea of negative words and how some people deal with stress and how some people get riled up and feel that that's the way to solve things. I am just like you, Sarah. I feel, well, I would say I'm an eternal optimist and not to be like Vommy saying that, like everything's going to be fine because I think that's also misguided. But I do find I'm particularly sensitive to other people's reactions and I find myself sometimes changing wordings and changing the way I would express myself because you don't want to cause someone anxiety or feeling bad about something when you're placing negative connotations into a situation. Now, mums, mother-in-laws, people that you know really well, often don't do that because you're their kid and they're like, well, fuck it, we'll just say what we think because we're crazy and we're older. They do get older, by the way, and crazier, can I just say. Being home... I love them all, but they're all mad. So I think when it comes to people like your mum and you being very brave and open and saying, listen, I don't think you saying things in the way you're saying them is helping me is a really big move. And it can be challenging for people to challenge their loved ones because you do get into habits, you get into ways of expressing yourself that are just easing. You don't think about it, but actually they can be really damaging. So for those listening who are in a similar situation, it is not easy to sit down and have a chat with the, you know, your close relatives and friends as well and say, listen, the way you talk sometimes freaks me the fuck out. I need you just to think about the way you're doing it because as well as saying, oh, we have to worry about this, we have to do that. Well, besides the fact it's not really putting your wedding planning into a positive light, it's not a chore. It should be really fun and exciting and interesting for you to be doing this with your mum. But also sometimes older people, again, this sounds like I've got a lot of experience with this, but sometimes when they don't have much to do, maybe they're retired or they're winding shit down a little bit. They like to make things into a bigger deal for a bit of attention or to make it look like, oh, I'm really stressed and worried about this and this is how they show that they care. And it's a really screwy way. And I think as younger people, we go, listen, we just want to get this stuff done. We want to have a really nice time and enjoy doing it. You don't need to make a fuss. So sometimes I think it's also a little bit of drama queen stuff happening with the with the older generation. I am generalizing. I have lots of listeners with very supportive parents who are just like, what can I do to help you uh, without having a whinge? But also a lot don't. So that's my piece on that, Sarah. Thank you very much for, for writing and sharing. And I really congratulate you for, well, I think also pre-planning. You know that your anxiety or you feel that your anxiety and the social anxiety might be affected by the wedding. And I think it's really good you have the forethought and, uh, well, just the balls, the lady balls to get it sorted and to figure out the day, the planning of the day in a way that you are still going to enjoy it because that's important. It's about you guys. It's not about your mum. Shush, mum. I love that you said, get the fuck off my back, but you probably didn't say that, but you gave that tone. I like that a lot. Sarah, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much 
for your beautiful, beautiful uh, message. Christine also wrote to me and she, uh, she actually, she had ordered a Bride Chiller t-shirt. Thank you, Christine. I'm delighted that you did that. And I hope that you can post a photo of your Bride Chiller, you in your Bride Chiller t-shirt. So Christine had hit reply to the order form and uh, sort of said, great, excited about ordering this T-shirt. Thank you again. And then she says, uh, while I have you, I've been meaning to message you since uh, last Friday's quickie episode to tell you how much your encouraging words of support meant to me. So Christine had written to me before. She says, I'm telling you, when I read the episode description, my heart skipped a beat. I was over the moon. My fiance and I are podcast fanatics and he and I both have our all-time favorite podcaster. So imagine my delight when I got to brag that Alicia gave me my own episode. Your support means everything to me and I'm so grateful. Well, Christine, you're fucking fabulous. So thank you. She says, can I also say that I just loved Melissa's Real Bride Chiller episode. It's my new favorite for so many reasons. For one, that girl is hilarious and does a brilliant job at personifying, along with you, the ideas of being a bride chiller. Hearing you two go back and forth was just wonderful. I wish the episode was longer. Can she come back? And right when I thought it couldn't get any better, you both bought it in, bought it home by tying in depression. Yes, God, thank you. I've been diagnosed with clinical depression from an early age and have battled mental illness all my life. So thank you for shedding light on what so many refuse to even acknowledge. I could go on and on but didn't want to delay another day. I hope your holiday is going well and fabulously. Wishing you and Rich, and she's done here, bring Rich back to a most happy, peaceful and prosperous new year. Christine, again, thank you. It means the world to me that that meant the world to you because I also think there's lots of things that aren't spoken about in the world of weddings. One issue I'd really like to cover, and I'm going to make sure I get the correct guest on because I'm not an expert in this area, is grief. I think grief and the loss of loved ones around weddings is something that, well, very few wedding uh, blogs and magazines talk about, yet it's something we have all been touched with. My mum was not around for my wedding and my grandmother wasn't around and it really was one of those things to think, oh shit, these are quite important people in our lives that we would have adored being there. And I know plenty of listeners have written sort of saying, I lost my my father or I've lost my sister recently. How do I deal with that? And then also go ahead and plan this wonderful event or how do I incorporate them into the day? So that's another area. I think mental illness, we don't talk enough about in society at all. It is like a shamed thing. And I think you, I've heard so many different ways of saying this, and I'm probably not going to say it nearly as, as uh, succinctly as uh, other people have, but to the idea of going, you break an arm, people see you in the cast and go, are you okay? What's going on? How did you break your arm? But with mental illness, people can't see it. They don't know how to cope with it. They don't know how to talk about it. And that's where you get the questions with people going, just be happy. And you're like, I don't think you understand what I'm going through. And to hear someone like Melissa talk about it and someone so young and vibrant and vivacious who is battling this darkness that she sort of talked about is really ballsy and brave and exactly what I want to be sharing with you because I know that there are you know hundreds if not thousands of listeners out there right now thinking actually I have a similar situation or my partner has depression or I have a a mental illness and I don't people don't know how to talk about it to me or they just expect me to be having a great time all the time 
we live in this sort of world where we are so curated with social media and we see Facebook updates where people are writing things. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's, you know, supposedly. Now, we know this is bullshit. But it's also this idea that we that's not reality. You see people on the street, you talk to people, and you go, actually, we're all going through stuff. Life isn't always sunshine and roses and cows in the paddocks. It's just reality. We try and push through and we try and make the best of a situation, but it's not always just fixed with someone telling you to be happy or just take some deep breaths. That's bullshit and it shouldn't be going that way. But if people don't know and people don't know how to talk about it and people don't know how to have a conversation and not be dicks about it, it can be hard. So hopefully with each with each sort of podcast and article and discussion we can have, it will help people understand that. Because also, you might not have anyone in your life with a mental illness now or suffering from depression or health issues that aren't necessarily as obvious as a broken limb. But in our lifetime, the statistics are really high that we will all have someone, if not ourselves, going through that. So by acknowledging it and being um, more open to understanding and talking about things with people involved that are close to you, it can really be helpful. I know it's challenging and I know it's me just saying, just talk about it, which is just as shit sometimes as saying, just smile. But, you know, I think it's 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 a matter of educating and, and also being uh, willing to be willing to be sort of put in, put in a weird situation and be challenged a little bit and be on, honest and open about it. My big thing in this podcast is hopefully preparing you and being a bride chiller for me is all about finding your voice. It's about saying, use the wedding, use this wedding as a marker in your life to right some wrongs and not necessarily your wrongs, but maybe Use this time to have a discussion with your parents about something that's been shitting you for the past 25 years or being able to set free a friend who hasn't been great to you yet you've held on to them for a long time because it's what you thought you should do. I really have been thinking a lot over this Christmas New Year's break about what I want to do with the podcast in 2016 and writing my book. I've been going away to little cafes and writing like a lunatic and for me, the message that's really been coming out, and I think it's been a bit of an awakening for me, is to help you find that voice and to help you have the confidence to to go forward in your life, not only just planning this wedding, but also go forward and actually going, I want to be who I want to be. And now it's time to be a little bit braver and a bit more outgoing and out there and saying, this is, this is the path I want to be going on. Now, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a trained professional. I'm a professional big mouth, basically. But I think I'm a good friend and I think I offer good advice. So that's where I'm at. Let me know how you feel about that. I'm not getting all woo-woo. You know I don't really get into woo-woo. I'm not trying to change anyone's life in a big way. But I do think that, you know, bridesmaids and maid of honours and stuff, there are people that you have in your life that maybe you won't be able to talk to about these things or maybe you don't feel comfortable talking to them. I hope you do. But also I hope I can be a voice, this virtual bridesmaid voice that can talk about the shit that perhaps is harder to talk about elsewhere. That's that's what I want. That's what I want. And to keep doing some weird whispering to you. How's that in your ears? A bit strange. I was really hoping the cows would make more noise so you could hear the cow landscape, soundscape, but they're all eating. All they do is eat. Just eat, eat, eat. And then they're going to go off and become steaks eventually. 
that's what happens. Welcome to Australia. I hope you're having a fantastic week, New Year week, if this is when you're listening to it, and you are enjoying what you're doing. You've had some time with your family and friends, hopefully not too much time to make you crazy. I know that sometimes I need to go to my quiet place, read a book, watch some Real Housewives. The other night, I did a little workout. I love a cheeky home workout. I bought my laptop here, jumped around like a lunatic, felt really sore, had a shower, and then just sat with wet hair, wrapped in a towel, watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And that was my little quiet time of going, listen, I love being with the family, but I need some brain-free time. And for me, The Real Housewives is that. It's like when my brain goes into this zone, it's like a neutral brain zone. I fucking love it. I really love it. And it was so just delicious to sit, watch, laugh, dream about owning half of the shit they own, and then go back to the family. But I knew the time to just step away or you may murder someone. That's it. Hope we can talk again soon. Monday, next week, as I said, it's a practical wedding week. Meg is coming on to talk about a practical planner. And all of this great information. My God, she I could have like talked to her for 50 years. And I, I will have her back on the show in a heartbeat because she's got wonderful perspectives on feminism and equality and how we have a kick-ass party without losing our minds, basically. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. And she also joined me for a Q&A Thursday episode where we're answering a couple of your questions as well, which is great to have a co-host on. So if you have a Q&A question, you know what to do. Visit savethedatepodcast.com, hit the uh, connect button at the top of the website, and it will take you to an email page where you simply send me an email and I will write back to you. Have you purchased a tea or a tote, a t-shirt or a tote bag? Gee, they're just great to see. I, I mean, on New Year's Eve, a lovely listener, Janelle, wrote to me with on Facebook, and she posted an image of her with her bride chiller tote going to a New Year's Eve party, and I fucking nearly lost my mind. I was, so, I was showing around the family. Veronica, my mother-in-law, who you've heard on the show, she was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Where is she? And I'm like, she's in, she's in America. She's got my tote bag. It was so exciting. So if you do purchase, when you purchase, I should be using more proactive words here, please take a photo of you holding the tote bag or wearing the t-shirt because it really makes me happy. All of the proceeds of the teas and totes go to me. Well, I say all, it's the cost of making them clearly, but it really helps me in the running costs of this podcast. Podcasting is not a very lucrative business financially, can I just say, but it's lucrative to my heart. Oh, gross. I just gross myself out. All right. I've wasted enough of your time today. I hope you're having a great week. Please write to me, share stories. Congratulations to all those newly engaged people. I'm really happy to have you here. And uh, if you've got questions, send them. All right. Love you. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.